Hello and welcome to episode number seven of Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is the podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. I'm super excited this week. We have a very special guest, Josh Ingersoll, who is uh, a franchise owner of ServePro. He's going to talk to us about entrepreneurship, gaining investment dollars as a young entrepreneur, uh, being a large business owner as a young entrepreneur, and and uh, his, his path to entrepreneurship. Welcome, Josh. Bryce, I, I really appreciate the second chance. <laughs> this is uh, podcast uh, episode 2.0 for Josh and I. This is our second attempt at trying to get this thing done, so... Um, we have a beer every episode, as you know by now. Uh, this episode, we are drinking Right Brain Brewery Dead Kettle IPA, which is from Traverse City, Michigan, which is not too far from where you're from, right? I'm from Sheboygan. They're both is, up. Uh, both of those are up north. Yeah, Michigan. basically, it's uh, <laughs> above the 45th. They're, yeah. they're close to. It's two hours across state line. Yes, yeah. sir. But um, so Josh is a surf pro. Uh, franchise owner. Just give me the backstory. How'd you get into this business, owning a franchise, and and what's the backstory? Well, look, look for people with money and figure out what they do. <laughs> okay. Truly. Truly. So Truly. look for people with money and figure out what they do. So Best I, I, advice I ever got from my dad was I, just to, <laughs> to, to find the rich people and say, hey, bud, what do you got going? I like your boat. I feel like you got to elaborate on that. It's a just keep it simple. <laughs> keep it simple. <laughs> find out what uh, rich people are. Uh, find the rich person to figure out what they're doing. But it's, it takes a little more than that, it, right? It does. It absolutely does. You got to find a business that, that that fits you as well and fits your personality. So, what drove you into ownership of a franchise, and and how'd you how'd you get here? I mean, it means you go to school wanting to be into water restoration and mitigation. I went to business college at Michigan State, and uh, they must have been suffering for applicants when they let me in. <laughs> so, so I got through Eli Broad with a supply chain degree, and I worked in supply chain for about four months and said I'm not sitting at a desk for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I quit that, and I ran, I ran a restaurant for nine years, and I said I'm not going to run a restaurant for the rest of my life. That's a tough gig, too. Uh, it, it takes a lot. It's every holiday, night, weekend. You, you miss a lot in life with your friends, family. You make some good friends in the process, but those friends usually sit at the bar aren't there for you at the end of the day. So, right. well, and it, I mean that's a, that's the penultimate of uh, service industries is, is is restaurants. I mean, it's everything has to be right or everything's wrong in the in the customer's eyes. Right? Well, you, you learn a lot. You yeah. learn a lot about people. You learn a lot just in general about customer service and right. how people operate and their mannerisms and, and right. body language. And it, it's, it's a great building block for anybody. If anybody's worked in the restaurant business, I, I actually, when I interview them and they say that and how long have they been in it, they, they tend to get it. Right. They tend to understand. They, they tend to be diverse. I, I'd hire anybody out of that business any day of the week. Well, they're resolved. Long yeah. hours. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're used to it. So you, you didn't want to work in supply chain. Nine years in the restaurant business, decided that's what, not what you wanted to do for the rest of your life. Still, where, where, I mean, how'd you end up getting in this business? Uh, life events, I okay. guess, more than anything. My, uh, my parents had a split, mm-hmm. and I was planning on taking over. My, dad, my dad's a businessman, so I was planning on taking over the family business. And a little hiccup, uh, delay, delay in the plan, and he said, go out and try it on your own. And I, I rolled the dice a little bit, and I, I spoke with my neighbor, just a guy I knew that had a cool boat. It was that simple. And he became so a good this friend. Is, this is the story of the guy had some toys, 
what are you doing? What right? do you, what do you got going? <laughs> Whatever you got yeah, going, yeah. I, I like that. I, yeah. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. And so, so your, your, your neighbor ended up, he owned a, a surf pro franchise. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I just asked him, I said, do you have any opportunities? I said, I, I don't want to come out as an employee. Right. What's it going to take to be an owner? And he, he kind of laughed because I didn't realize how big his franchise was. Mm-hmm. I mean, when 100 grand gets you basically your laptop and desk, that, that, that right. states, uh, states volume. So really, I was just buying so, a purchase agreement. So you, you, you threw down $100,000 to start, and it got you a laptop and a desk and a, a promise of ownership? I got, I got 5%. Yeah, 5%. And, and a phantom stock agreement. A phantom stock. Okay. Which is exactly how it sounds. <laughs> so you got uh, a, f- a laptop, a desk, and a paperweight phantom stock agreement. Yes. Okay. All right. For 100 grand. For 100 grand. But they, I think the impressive part is that you had you know, busted your butt, worked your, worked hard and, and had most of that hundred grand saved yourself or at least some of it. Right. right. And, and in order to make that investment, so you did the nine to five, actually it's more than nine to five in the restaurant industry to, to, to have a chance at something else. Real estate's the easiest way to get there. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, if you can get your hands on real estate, what I've done in sweat equity, I'm handy. Mm -hmm. I've, I've torn out walls, put walls in, done cabinets flooring i mean if you're handy at all real estate truly can be a great building block and start small but yeah. but that's why i pulled equity out of a house as well during okay. that point and, and was able to roll that basically i didn't have cash sitting around so you I, made a good you made a good home purchase uh when you were working at the restaurant built up some equity in a home and used that towards a down payment essentially on on uh, on a franchise ownership yep and i, I borrowed which a little was bit. a paperweight yeah. at the yeah, time it was, it, was, <laughs> it was a paperweight and a promise there we go so you got into the business you're you're a five percent owner and you're sitting here now as uh, you know. I don't know the exact ownership percentage. I don't know if you want to share it, but majority owner in a in this franchise, which is you know growing immensely. I mean, what are you doing in sales now? We're doing about seven million a year. So about seven million in sales, and you've grown that from where, where was it when you started? million and a half? Million and a half. So seven x in six years. Yeah, this is year six. Seven x in six years. This guy should be at the Grant Cardone conference. But so what are the what were this what happened between? paperweight on a desk and today i mean uh, what was the next thing after you you made that initial investment i've had some luck along the way i mean it's it takes a little luck but i don't truly believe in luck. luck luck is a product of hard work and opportunity and being open to them right yeah so you had the luck but yeah there's luck but yeah. you, you throw a house fire in the mix where you you walk away cash free with 140 or uh, tax free with 140k his alibi is confirmed he had a house fire he got some ex-girlfriend burned the down the house uh, it was a condo complex so she took out all 10 okay. but <laughs> uh i hope everybody was okay and uh, so i mean you had some luck happen but you, you you were able to put some more money in essentially to your ownership and at that point now now you're buying out your your former neighbor that had the nice boat that started the conversation right, right. i bought him out in four okay so I, i've been so it was a five-year agreement and you bought him out in four. bought him out in four congratulations but i, I tried buying him out in two okay. i tried buying him buying him out in three i had about every banker in the local community laugh at me at the point yeah at that point because with surpro it's a lot of it's a service business yeah the assets are there there's just not a ton of assets and they don't like financing blue sky I mean, essentially, there's a lot of blue sky goodwill in these agreements, right? And you're you're dealing with you don't know if it's going to be there. They like assets they can't sell when you fail, right? They, that they can sell. No, they think they can sell them, but they can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. So you bought this guy out in five, and just just I guess talk to me about that process. You bought him out in four. I'm sorry, in a five year agreement, got a, got him out early. Um, 
you, you at one point found an investor to, to for a little bit of seed money there, I, I think. And you also, you were growing sales exponentially, which certainly helped your opportunity for buying it. Essentially, they gave me a, a raw deal when I came in. They didn't okay. think I could buy it. They didn't think I could finance it. And they figured I'd just be a 5% owner mm-hmm. and not get out of that five-year deal. Mm-hmm. And that end up with the franchise, it was worth quite a bit more at that point. So that you were essentially buying in to grow the thing, but without any opportunity for or thought that it was actually going to happen. Well, I, I, I didn't know that at the time. I, I was pretty naive when I came in. I just wanted out of my old situation. So what's the, I guess, because I want to I focus on that, because there's going to be other people that get burned over the years. Somebody might be listening. What's the lesson learned there? How do you avoid that happening, being the naive young guy that, you know, you wanted the ownership? You tend to jump, talk to people, talk to investors, talk to talk to other franchisees, figure out what the multiplier is on it, make sure you're getting a good deal, make sure the terms are right, talk to a lawyer, make sure you talk to as many people as possible. Because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, and you, you just... Well, not that many people... You get blinded a little bit by, by opportunity, and you think right. that, man, I, I'm going to live the life they're going to live, and it's, it's yeah. not necessarily the case. Well, not that many people buy or have gone through that experience of buying or selling a franchise. I mean, not that many people. So you you, you really should try to find those people because they're the only ones that will have the intimate knowledge of, you know, there's you you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you got to find the people that do know that. Grab somebody in a similar situation or that wasn't a similar situation. The guy that's a legacy that took over his family's business. He's not going to have a clue. Yeah. Find somebody that bought in and truly understands the, the, the grind of the everyday and the ups and downs with cash flow. And there's just a lot of challenges that, that you don't know unless you've been in that situation. So there's, there's three things I want anybody listening to this to get out of this podcast is one, you know, how, how you ended up into this business was a little, this particular business was a little bit accidental, but when you saw the opportunity, you seized upon it. And I think we, we, we covered that, but you as a young business owner finding investors, I think that's something a lot of people challenge. They have great ideas, great businesses, great prospects, and great work ethic, but they don't have any money and they can't find an investor, right? And then the last thing being is the goal. And so talk to me for a second about finding investors and finding somebody to, to, to believe in you and your story. Don't take no for an answer. Yeah. It's really the start of it. I, I went to five banks they all said yeah great we'll talk to you anybody will talk to you yeah and they don't call you back i mean mm-hmm. it it truly you, you need if you push hard enough and you believe in it enough you're going to find somebody that that jumps on board if the numbers make sense you heard no a lot a ton and but all right so somebody watching or listening right now is hearing no and they're at the bottom they're they're ready to give up and just go back to nine to five what do you tell them I guess I'm too stupid to actually make no register. <laughs> no doesn't register with me. Um, it's it's kind of my, I don't know. You just keep keep persevering through it. It's You're going to hear no. You're going to hear your dream doesn't make sense. You're going to hear, a, it's easy for people to be negative. Stay positive and, and push through. So it's just a matter of persistency. In persistency. Yeah. If, if you believe in something enough, it'll eventually happen. Yeah. So it's a persistency thing. And, and the way you ended up finding an investor or investors was uh, networking. You got out there and you just met people. It was chance. It's kind of how I live my life. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't but even know was, I was doing it I to a certain I extent. I don't think you give yourself enough credit because like you said, you know, it's a matter of luck. Well, luck is a product of hard work. You know, there is maybe some luck out there, but you know what? You take a, you, you swing enough times you're going to connect. 100%. Right. And so I, I'd, I'd argue that the reason that you were you were able to, to network and find somebody is because you were networking trying to find somebody. That's my story of my entire life. Yeah. 
my, my fiance came because of the same reason. Mm. Is because if you're persistent enough, <laughs> you're eventually they're, you're going to eventually convince them that that you're the right thing yeah. and you're the you're the real deal and you're the right guy. You just got to back so it up. Convince yourself, convince them. That's that's the, the one, confidence will get you a long ways in life. <laughs> All right. So, you know, as a, as a young business owner, uh, running this business with, uh, uh, how many, how many people do you have working for you? 40, 40, 40. There's a lot of challenges every business owner, uh, faces, I think, particularly starting out on figuring out the, the, the day-to-day bullshit like payroll and, um, you know, having the shares of the LLC divided properly and, you know, having the right insurances on, 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 you know, all your, all your, you got a lot of trucks and vans running out there. I mean, how are you managing your time with all this stuff? You, you got to surround yourself with good people. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I was lucky enough to come out of an, a franchise that ran their business very well. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of the people in place. My office is basically the same as when they were in existence. Okay. Our office hasn't turned over. They know the system. They, the, the, the foundation was in place to be successful. Yeah. And you just grow around it and fill in the gaps. So with that being said, you're basically, you, you know your skill set and you hired around it. Or filled in the gaps. Yeah, exactly. So what is your skill set then? What do you, what's your biggest skill set you would say, other than not taking no for an answer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm generally good with people. Okay. I, I truly am. My employees like working for me. I'm not that hard on them. Yeah. I have high expectations, but if somebody's not a team player, I get them out of there quick. Right. And the rest of the team will, they'll filter them out for me. They'll yeah. come to me and just say, hey, look, this, this is going to work. This guy's he, not working. He's not a yeah. fit. And really, you just got to treat everyone with respect. So my skill set, I'm not good at anything. I, 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 I truly, I surround myself with people that are, are good at a lot of different things. Yeah. And if you surround yourself with great people, it makes yourself look much better than you actually I, are. I think you're being too modest. Obviously, I, I, you know, knowing you in the capacity that I do, I'd probably say work ethic is your biggest skill set. And that's something that too many people uh, lack. I mean, I, when was when was the last time you worked less than, less than 60 hours? That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen? No. I mean, when was the last time you took a vacation? I take vacations. Takes vacations. I okay, take but vacations. when he's here, he's working <laughs> 60, 70 hours, right? So, um, yeah, I know one other thing that you had mentioned to me at one point is that uh, it's hard to get paid in your business. Because, I mean, restoration and construction and things like that, a lot of your business is insurance claims. Some of it's cash. Uh, but your accounts receivable is, you know, a, a challenge. So what's your, what's your lessons there? What do you, what do you pass on wisdom wise there? I just cash, cash flow is king. I mean, the hard part is starting out with uh, our terms are usually net 90 to net 120. I mean, they shouldn't be, but that, that's just how long it takes for insurance companies yeah. to pay. The big thing is chasing money because we're on most of the checks. Most of the checks are two party. Yeah. So there's just a big lag. So starting out, I mean, we're basically operating the business off a line of credit for the first three, four months. Right. Which, which is that's that, that's challenging I it's mean, challenging it's, it's especially with our too. expenses going out yeah i mean if yeah i mean so that's one of the things i guess people on the outside looking in like if you know if somebody looks at you know if you have a nice toy and all of a sudden i want to do what that guy does they forget about the steps in the middle there's a lot right? of headaches in the middle right yeah have you ever i mean can you think of a story you can maybe share on a personal sacrifice you had to make because of business cash flow no, <laughs> no, no, no I, I know that the, I, I know that there's a few you just might not want to share. Them. I, I, I find a way to make it work. I never yeah. extend myself too far. Yeah. So, so I, I've always got a pretty good balance of when one deal is going to close. Mm-hmm. I know I can hustle for another check. I can go get that. I mean, there, there's been times where it's max, but I also know that I could probably get my line extended if I had to. I just didn't want to. Right. And really, make the ultimate goal is well, to I get that, out of that line. I think in of itself, that's an important lesson because too many people, instead of 
cinching the belt on business expenses, go get the line of credit extended, which they, you know, probably shouldn't. Go in with enough money. Make sure you have enough to operate. Right. But don't get stupid with it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you don't keep an eye on your AR and collectibles, you're you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, yeah. I probably write off thirty grand a year, okay. which, which is pretty small. And that that's that's I can't. We got to have a conversation about that. That's not enough. But <laughs> no, j- just embed that. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not, fair enough. Not not personal. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's there's a problem there. Yeah. So you know one of the big things that I get a lot of questions about is buying franchises. People will uh, bust their ass at their nine to five, save, run a side hustle, uh, trying to save, and and they they want out of that lifestyle. Um, what is your advice to somebody thinking that maybe a franchise is is that's that's their route? You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, franchise whatever franchise you're looking at. at Talk to other franchisees, figure out how they got there, figure out their story, listen to them. They've been through it. They know. Figure out their financial situation when they came into it. Figure out the requirements. Make sure you're qualified to actually cash flow this thing. Don't go in underfinanced. You're going to fail, Yeah. number one. Number two, you got to look at your life and, and your life situations and your kids and your wife, if you have that, if you're single, what age you are, whether you're willing, willing to take that risk. Talk to somebody well, like there, Bryce a, and see if it makes sense. I mean, it's There's the, a time to make that risk. Right, I mean, when you're 32 and single, no kids, and you got 50 grand in your checking account, what's the, you know you you can eat fried bologna, right? You know, and and you can downsize your apartment, and you can do those kind of things. But when you're 50 and you you have one more kid to get through college or get through high school, you know, 50 is not old. You can wait a couple of years, you know. Yeah. So there's a time and a place, I think, to take that risk. It's just. I think the really interesting thing out there, and this is a, a phenomenal thing about this country, is that there are opportunities in franchises. There's opportunities in starting a business from scratch. And it just takes luck, as you call it. I call it a little bit of perseverance combined with uh, optimal opportunity and some savings. It's just you have to, I think, be patient. I think people too often jump on the first opportunity they have to buy a business or buy a franchise and it's like buying the first car that you see or the first house that you, you get shown. It's probably not the one. Right. Right. And so I think patience is the, is, is the, is the credence there. And then to your effect, I mean, I, I think people just underestimate how hard you work or how hard it, it works. You got to work to get there. There's no easy road. Yeah. Absolutely not. I mean, 100%, if you aren't willing to put in the time, if you think you're going to get a, a, a better lifestyle, left, less time off, you're gonna, you're gonna, your life's going to get worse before it gets better. And you better be willing to take that sacrifice because if you aren't, you're going to fail miserably. Yeah, I mean, if you look at somebody that says, you know, you find the person with the toys, you know, and, and ask them, you know, what they're doing, I have never met one that has got there to whatever there is for them, put up their boots and said, shit, that was easy. I don't know. Have you? No, no. I mean, no. there might be a few out there, like you know, or you know, early investors in Amazon or something else, <laughs> but not very many. It just takes a lot of grit. So, but at the same time, there's legions of opportunities out there. There really is. I mean, it's the only time I can think of in, in history where where almost anybody with a very small set of money can find a way to make a, uh, money with that. 
you know, with I mean, with the internet, it, it, you, you can you can do anything. I have I mean, a baseball card collection in the basement right now that I'm not using that I guarantee I could sell for fifteen hundred bucks or so online, and I could take that fifteen hundred bucks and I could go to Meyer up the road and buy alarm clocks that then I could sell on eBay for a thirty percent multiple. Yeah, if you had a water loss in your basement, we could make more three grand. Right there, see there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not inclu- uh, we're, <laughs> we're not endorsing insurance fraud on this podcast. But, I'm sure they're worth more than the guy at the shop's going to give you. Yeah, that. I, uh, I, I, you know, we covered a lot. I, I want to. I always want to give it to the guests to to leave the you know the closing statements. So I'm just going to say, don't forget to subscribe, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share. Uh, Josh, any last thoughts for people on building, owning, and developing a franchise? Yeah, roll the dice in life. If you don't roll the dice, you're you're never going to get where you want to be. If you if you'd want to be there, if you don't want to be there, you can live a good life. You can. There's a lot of different paths. It's just finding what's comfortable for you, talking to the right people, and making good decisions based on the knowledge you have. If you if you're scared of failing in life, you're never going to be successful to the point you want to be. There's risk with everything, and with that risk comes reward. I mean, you could fail, but you need to look at your worst case scenario and say, "Can I live with the worst case scenario?" If you can live with the worst case scenario, do it. Take the risk. Take the risk. Cheers. Cheers.